0: You're listening to Food Integrity Now with your host, Carol Gravay.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Food Integrity Now. I'm Carol Gervais, I'm the host of the show And I'm glad you tuned in today to listen to this because I have a very special guest today. I have J.D. Hansen. J.D. is the policy director for the Center for Food Safety. His expertise includes emerging technology issues related to nanotechnology, synthetic biology, animal cloning, animal genetic engineering, and gene editing. He also works for the center's sister agency, the International Center for Technology Assessment, where he directs their work on human genetics, synthetic biology, genome editing, and nanotechnology. JD, welcome to Food Integrity Now. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm thrilled to have you on the show, and I'm anxious to talk to you about the Impossible Burger. One of the things that I'm... Concerned about is just recently Impossible Foods uh, secured the child nutrition labels for Impossible Burger, which they consider a milestone because now it can enter the K through five market. The addition of this child nutrition label to the company's food service products makes them eligible for national school lunch funding and other things. I wanted to get you on the show today to. Talk about some of the issues with this fake meat and why we need to be concerned about this going into our school system and just for our overall general health. So let's start by talking about what's in this fake meat and what are some of the things we're concerned about?
0: Well, Basically, this fake meat is gen- genetic engineering on steroids. It is the most processed fake meat you can buy. They have taken the soybeans that are the main source of of protein and uh, used alcohol to strip it down to just soy protein isolate, stripping out a lot of the nutrients from the soybeans so that you have high protein, but nothing else. And it's it's genetically, you know, they're they're insistent that they wanted to use genetically engineered soybeans. So the fields all over the the world literally are being sprayed with herbicides to make this uh, product. And then whatever health benefits are left are stripped out by the denaturing process that they use to get the soy protein isolate so it it is a this the protein itself has been engineered two different ways well you know what what we know about hemoglobins what what the company did was the in the roots of the soy plant there there is produced a a little bit of hemoglobin that helps transport oxygen that's that's what it does they Took the g- genetics for that, put it into a yeast that no one's ever eaten before, uh, used synthetic biology techniques, which is basically extreme genetic engineering, to make the yeast produce this bleeding stuff. And the FDA, when you read the documents uh, that the FDA used, the FDA made clear to the company that you did not do your studies right, but they still approved it anyway, or actually they, they allowed the company to use generally regarded as safe right. food additive uh, for a colorant that we argued that they shouldn't be able to, but the court said the FDA has got a latitude, they're the ones making the decisions, we'll, we'll default to the FDA. So now... The hemoglobin itself is you know we already know that it's not a safe molecule we know it's the the blood that we consume in meat already contributes to cancers already contributes to heart disease because of the hemoglobin itself if you were starting to review hemoglobin you would say ah oh, you really shouldn't put that into meat but it's naturally in meat so we we allow it so they unnaturally put something that probably shouldn't be in meat even into a fake meat to make people like it better. So when you move to the school lunch program, what do you have when this product comes into the school school lunch program? What we know about children's health is the more unprocessed foods they eat the better, right? Your body is not designed to eat, you know, I, genetically engineered soy protein isolate with a chaser of synthetic biology engineered fake blood. So what the Impossible Burger is not as irresponsible as the US Department of Agriculture in allowing this product to be in the school lunch program. This is exactly the opposite of what you want. It is a overprocessed product that costs a lot. You know, when you go to the grocery store, you 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 find this stuff costs uh, more than ordinary uh, ground beef. So when you've got you know school programs, why you know why are you encouraging an overprocessed product that's probably not at all healthier for the kids than ordinary ground beef? It doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah. And I know that uh, the Friends of the Earth, which is another wonderful organization, they have identified 46 proteins that have never been approved for human consumption. What
0: could go wrong? What could go wrong is what we were pushing the FDA to look at in the Impossible Burgers uh, submissions to them on this fake blood they did not do a good uh, allergenicity test. And what, what we know is as children eat more of something, they're more likely to have an allergic reaction. They yeah. did they did a, an extremely truncated test and the FDA, even though they sent them back to redo it, the FDA allowed it in the end to go through without having been redone. Um, so we've got two, the two agencies that are supposed to be protecting our children. The Food and Drug Administration and the U.S. Department of Agriculture failed in this case.
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, I want to go back to the genetically modified soy that they're using, which we know is way different than non-GMO soy and has lower nutrient content and higher pesticide residues. And we also know that glyphosate, uh, there's been test results of glyphosate in its residue, AMPA, which makes it even more toxic in soy samples.
0: If you want a a plant-based burger, there are plenty of other plant-based burgers on the market. Black
1: bean burgers,
0: black (laughs) bean burgers, lentil burgers, um, you know, uh, quinoa and something else burgers. Uh, I would urge your uh, listeners just, you know, if if that's the way you Mm -hmm. want to, you know, get, uh, you know, some of your um, food, um, look for the ones that have the organic label on them. That, that will tell you that they're not genetically engineered and they haven't been doused in pesticides.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, part of the uh, Impossible Foods push for this, I think, to children is because they're touting it as being so good for the environment and to reverse climate change. And that is just not true. Can you speak to that
0: one of my one of my cousins who is an angus breeder or angus producer uh, in northwest missouri and until recently uh uh worked for the certified angus beef uh he has quit growing uh genetically engineered corn and soy on his land uh because so many family members and so many of his friends have developed cancer yeah and uh, uh I was driving driving with him not too long ago, and he pointed to a grove of trees, and he said, "I just bought those." I said, "Oh, what, what what'd you buy them for?" To keep our second cousins from cutting them down and growing GMO corn on them. Oh wow! And and so you know when you look at you know what we're cutting down the trees of the U.S. for, it's to grow genetically modified corn to feed to cattle and pigs and chickens, and to grow genetically modified uh, corn in particular to feed to our cars so we have more ethanol in them that makes them run less efficiently. The notion that uh, GMO, GMO soy, which we're importing from Brazil, where they're cutting down the rainforest to grow soy, or uh, GMO soy, where we're cutting down the remaining forest of Iowa and Missouri and Indiana to grow soy. To say that the, that your product that re, that relies on GMO soy somehow helps uh, climate change is just a lie. Yeah, it's it's a marketing tool. There are marketing tools that stretch the truth, and there are marketing tools that are just
1: lies. Right. It's a lie, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> well, the GMO farming uh, practices and agrochemicals actually decrease microbes in the soil mm-hmm. and increase chemical uh, fertilizer input, such as nitrogen and it pollutes mm-hmm. the water. And these practices also reduce carbon sequestration and increase nitrous oxide release and can, can be more harmful than carbon.
0: Well, the methane, even that's, uh, that's produced by all of these cattle and, and pig operations. in
1: In the factory farms.
0: Yeah. You know, factory farms have gotten so much bigger. There's a farm in, the, the Southern San Joaquin Valley in California that has a hundred and forty thousand dairy cows on it. Wow! You can see it from space, and the and the cows are so crowded that you can almost count the cows from space. Yeah. And so you know that that kind of agriculture is the kind of agriculture, yes, that Impossible bur- Burger would like to get rid of, but. But the soy that's being raised to, to, you know, to raise those cows is the same soy that they're buying for their burger.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Regenerative organic farming is the way to go save the planet. And uh, if, if, our listeners don't really understand what it is. I've done a couple of interviews. Uh, Gabe Brown, just an expert on this subject. And it's really important that we learn more about this and that we start really moving in that direction for our planet, for our health, for so many reasons. But this, this issue of having this burger in our schools, you know, our children deserve better. Uh, we should be applying the precautionary principle here, and and we're not. So uh, there are organizations that are that are really working on this issue. And I, because I, I always like to talk about some solutions, and Moms Across America which is a wonderful organization has started a a campaign campaign. If you go to momsacrossamerica.org and on their blog, you'll see it. I also put a link on the show page and this campaign is a campaign to all the PTAs across the country. And the the, the language is already written there. If you want to use that language or you could create your own, but for us to have a voice, To talk to our PTAs across the country and also the School Nutrition Association about our concerns about this. And I know that um, GMO Free USA is doing a study survey about the Impossible Burger. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put a link uh, on the show page to that where people can actually and people are doing this, um, voice their concerns and also talk about what may have happened with their experience of Impossible Burger, because a lot of people are getting sick.
0: Yeah, people are reporting um, that they've had problems eating these burgers. And, uh, you know, given that the the FDA, uh, instead of uh, requiring a longer term trial. Yeah. You know, cut cut the study, you know, allowed a, a short-term trial. We don't know whether um in a longer survey you would find more problems because they didn't do it. Right. The and the FDA got a judge that uh was was willing to uh, uh defer to them instead of uh tell them to defer to their own rules. Yeah. But uh, but you know the, the USDA, we, we opposed uh, Secretary Vilsack coming back yeah. because uh, we saw him as being too um, pro-industrial ag. Uh, this is an endorsement for the, the most industrial burger you can buy. So we, we were supporting some other candidates that, that had uh, better history of child nutrition, then than he, this is a demerit in terms of his record, but just one more demerit uh, in, in a long list of pro-industry uh, giveaways uh, in his first two inter- terms and now his third term.
1: Yeah. Well, you want to talk a little bit about the, the challenge, the Ninth Circuit challenge that just was ruled upon recently?
0: You know, basically... The the good thing about the challenge is it's it's not a overriding endorsement of the of the impossible burger. The the judges uh, just said that uh, they were uh, you know in effect they didn't really understand all this and they were going to defer to the agency. Yeah. Uh, but but <laughs> they didn't they didn't you know uh, rule in a way that makes this a binding president's on even even their court, they just said, "It's a burger, and we don't understand it." And the FDA, we're going to assume does, and we'll leave it there. Wow! We need judges that uh, will force the agency to follow the law. This group of three judges didn't. Yes. Um, you know, there are other groups of three judges that would have, and you know, fortunately. Um, you know, sometimes you sometimes you win all your cases, and sometimes you lose one in a year. So, w- what this means is that we have to go to the marketplace to tell consumers that this is nothing you want to buy. Um, that there are plenty of good choices. We're working on a new blog talking about those uh, those choices. Um, That's great. Um, but it gets right down to it. There, there are other alternatives. that the, even then, a burger-like uh, item made out of uh, out of healthy uh, healthy plants, we could uh, we could be serving more un unmanipulated uh, foods in our school lunch program, and kids kids learn these things, you know. I mean, how many um, you could, if you want to have a vegetarian uh, meal in the winter, lots of good vegetarian chilies. Yeah. Um, that that could be made using uh, lentils and uh, kidney beans yeah. um, without you know that and when and when schools buy them they they don't have to pay the markup for uh, for them being forced into um, round round burgers uh, impossible burger or other kinds of burgers mm-hmm. uh, you know we we need to encourage our kids to be eating good things. And, you now granted, my uh, my my children were were raised a little odd uh, for the time. But uh, when 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 my son was playing in the sandbox when he was about three years old, someone asked what he was doing. He says, "I'm making broccoli and tofu." <laughs> That's
1: funny. But you know, I you know
0: we we eat. We eat meat. We we don't eat a lot. Yeah. Um, um, and you know what what we need to be encouraging our our kids to do in the school lunch program is is to eat well. School lunch program should not be adding the over processed Impossible Burger that's been poorly tested to its list of things that kids can eat. We we yeah. produce wonderful things kids can eat.
1: And we don't have
0: to, we don't have to introduce them to the sketchy.
1: The work that the uh, Center for Food Safety is doing and Andrew Kimbrough is just amazing. I've heard him speak so many times and, and and the work that all of you are doing to hold these corporations and government agencies accountable. It's a tough job. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, J.D., for being our guest today, for the work you're doing, all the work that the Center for Food Safety does. And how can they find out more about um, the work that you're doing and and your organization? Well, if
0: you just go to our website and uh, uh, it's it's a long, uh, long name, but it's www.centerforfoodsafety.org make sure you do centerforfoodsafety.org because there's some academic center for food safety and there's a government one too.
1: Yeah. I, since I'm food integrity now, sometimes people, uh, some weird stuff comes up when, when they go to my website. So it's centerforfoodsafety.org.
0: That's correct.
1: Okay, great. Well, thanks for being a guest today and to our listeners that, uh, you know, you may be aware about the Impossible Burger and how unsafe it is, but maybe your friends don't know. So share this information, talk about it, because the FDA is not not going to do a thing about it. Is my guess. So,
0: and, and the and the U.S. Department of Agriculture is going to help them sell more of it. Um, we also have a Facebook page, also under Center for Food Safety. Got stories you want to share? That's a good place to share them.
1: Okay, wonderful. Okay, well, thank you, JD. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and uh, keep up the great work you're doing.